Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I want to uh, talk a few moments. Um, I was uh, moved, I've been moved lately um, because of what's going on in the world. You know, mass shootings, um, you know, things like this have been going on forever. It's just because we have the internet, we're more exposed to what's going on. And so the Lord uh, began to uh, speak to me about angels and, um, and the supernatural help that is available for us today. And I want to read one scripture. It says in Psalm 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Doesn't matter what type of trouble you get into, God is very present. He's always present. And we know that uh, He is for us, He is with us, and He's in us. So we have that security and strength. But I, uh, I want to share, uh, I want a couple people to come up. I want Raymond to come up. I'd like Jim to come up. And uh, Kyle, uh, are you ahead of schedule with your healing? So why don't you just come up too? So if you guys would come up uh, now, thank you, Lord. Uh, I'd like for you to share. I'm going to ask Kyle uh, just share uh, what's going on with you and the progress. Well, I had surgery on my on my shoulder. I heard it at work, but uh, <clears throat> praise God! After the surgery, I had no pain. You know, they told me to take these strong pain medicines, and I took two, but you know, I stopped. So I haven't really had any pain. My therapists say that I'm doing great. So just praise God for it all. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, some of us would think, uh, you know, I was thinking about this. I thought, well, you know, uh, why didn't God just heal him before so I didn't have to go through the surgery? Well, uh, you know, I'll take God's help whenever. Yeah. You know, uh, before, during, after, whatever. Whenever he wants to show up, I'm not talking very good today. <laughs> we ask Jim. Jim, uh, you share your word. Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to thank everybody in here for your prayers. The second thing I want to do is I want to thank my wife, Sander, for being a mother hen, taking care of me. But I went in, I went in on, thir- on Wednesday for a major surgery, and I come out I'm supposed to have surgery at 12.30 in the afternoon. I didn't have it till 5.30. I come home at 10 o'clock at night. But I got up Thursday morning. My wife said to me, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to walk up and get a newspaper. <laughs> no, you're not, she said. That's seven blocks. I said, well, the doctor said to walk. Not seven blocks. So, well, I didn't go for a newspaper. But 
I had I, no pain, no pain whatsoever. And the doctor, the doctor did give me a prescription for a pain pill. I wanted to take one or two. But he said, keep ice on your incisions, which my wife makes sure I do that. <laughs> but it's because of prayers in here. And that's why. And I told, I told Melanie when I first knew I was going into the hospital, I said, they're going to cut me open, but they're not going to find nothing. Well, I was wrong. I was supposed to have robotic surgery, but they couldn't. He came, the doctor came at 10 minutes of 5. He said, Jim, I can't get that machine till 8 o'clock. If you want to wait till 8 o'clock, then we can do it. I said, what else is there to do? He said, I can cut you. I said, go ahead. You're the doctor. You cut me. But I have no, no pain whatsoever. So thank you. And Sandra, thank you. There we go. I don't know where to start or how long to take. Mine's kind of a long one, but I'm going to condense it. I like to echo Jim's sentiments, too. My wife, who had taken care of me, and the many friends and people who prayed for me. It started about in June, June 1st, I started getting sick with an earache. And it felt like somebody punched me right in the eye, and I went to the doctor, and I found out I had a mastoiditis. Well, not long after that, I went back to the doctors again because I keep feeling bad, and they found out that I took a urine and blood test, and my urine looked like black coffee. So my liver is not doing well. I went to a liver specialist. The specialist says, you know, we need to, we need to watch this. My liver was inflamed, and it was enlarged. Well, not long after that, I got night sweats, and I was sick, and I couldn't eat. I didn't want to eat, and people were were telling me at home, you got to eat, you got to drink. You ever try to eat when you don't feel like eating? It's just like cramming stuff in and you keep getting sicker and sicker. And you don't feel like drinking and you drink, but you just... Finally, Saturday, July 13th, I had enough. I wasn't eating no more. I wasn't going to drink no more. And sure, I'll drink water, that is. <laughs> I've got to make that clear today. But Cheryl called the, uh, the liver doctor, and he said, get him, get him to the hospital. Well, as we got to the hospital, I skipped a bunch of stuff, but here I am. I'm making it short. And I got to the hospital Saturday the 13th, and I'm getting sicker and sicker, and I'm in and out of it, and I'm going by what Cheryl's telling me, that we were there three hours. And I just kept feeling worse and worse. We had chairs like this. I was sitting on one chair, and my feet were on the other. And I'm feeling worse and worse. And at some point in time, Cheryl took a picture of me. And I look terrible. If you want to see the picture, she has it somewhere. <laughs> Why she took the picture, I don't know. But at that time, I was so sick. If I died, I died. It didn't matter to me. I had peace. It didn't matter. I felt that bad. And then I heard that Sister Karen seen the picture. And she said, God revealed to her, he thinks he's going to die. So she's warring around her kitchen, walking around, 
Raymond will live. He will not die. Raymond will live and he will not die. That may have saved my life. I don't know. But I knew I was going downhill. They got me finally after three hours up into a room. They took my blood pressure and it's 84 over 44. A little while later, it's 82 over 42. My liver was failing. My kidneys were failing. And finally, Monday, they found out what was wrong with me. I'd gotten bitten by a tick that had a parasite, and now I had babesiosis. I had a mastoid infection still. So I was fighting many fronts. But by your prayers and things, they brought me through. This man right here had come to visit me. And he said, Raymond, sometimes you just got to rest and let the saints carry you. And when I was sick, I'd fall asleep, and my dream was always that the saints were as wide as I was, like I'd be on my back, and the saints were that wide. But as I looked, they just went on as far as my eye could see, and they were carrying me above their head, passing me down along the line. Every time I would go to sleep, that's what I would see. So finally, they found out what it was. I started getting medicine. That was on Monday. Well, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, I, there's some talk that I might go home Friday. Well, here's the point. Friday came. I woke up. I had a bit of a headache. But as the day went on, my son come to visit me, and my headache's getting worse. I fell asleep. And then when Cheryl came in that evening, uh, I was awakened. She had woken me up. Not that she did it on purpose. She just came and touched my arm, and she says, I about jumped out of the bed. But I had a severe headache. It was about a 9 out of a 10. If it was a little worse, I would have not have been able to stand it. I was in pain again. And this is the day I was supposed to be going home. So Todd Snyder, I don't know many of you remember Todd Snyder, and he's married, and his wife Joyce. They were there, and Cheryl and them prayed for me. They were coming to rejoice with me that I was feeling better, and here I was sick again. They left after they prayed. I fell asleep again or something. I'm not sure. I just laid there. But I had a vision from the Lord. I've never had this before. And as this man of God... This warrior was flat on my back. And I was looking up, and I saw a bright light like it would be here. And I knew it was God. And he was reaching down with his right hand. And he had a white robe, and it came down to about right here. And his hand was reaching about like this. And as he's reaching towards me, I'm thinking, he's going to touch me. But he didn't. He reached right on past me, and I'm looking back as I'm laying down, and I see his hands close. And I thought, uh-oh, whatever's in there is not getting out. And as soon as I thought that, I heard the Lord say, I heard God saying in a commanding voice, no. And right when he said no, his arm ripped away and his hand ripped away, and I turned to see where he went. There was no vision. God wasn't there anymore, but my headache was gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you're wondering today if there is a God, if you're sitting here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you, he's alive and well. 
I like that song that was said. It. Um, I even forget how the verse goes. But Jesus Christ is alive and well. If it wasn't for him, I may not even be here today. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. All right. We'll dismiss the uh, youth. Thank you, Lord. Well, uh, I had a message, and then uh, yesterday, the Lord just started flooding my mind with, with actually more information about what I was thinking about. But um, again, I, uh, my, my mind has been on um, God is with the saints. And there's a, a matter of fact, I just rented a movie the other night. It's a Christian movie. <laughs> But uh, it's called Breakthrough. Anybody see Breakthrough? It was about this boy that falls through the ice and dies. I'm just making a long story short. <laughs> and his mother goes into the hospital. <laughs> hospital, he's already dead. <laughs> oh, I can't talk. He just, she just starts crying out for the Holy Spirit. And uh, he had flatlined. No heartbeat. And when she cried out to the Holy Spirit, the heartbeat came back. But he wasn't out of the woods, so get the movie. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. And uh, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a super saint to uh, merit being touched by angels. And I wanted to just say this, uh, there's been a lot of talk about angels uh, over the years. As a matter of fact, I, when, uh, when this thought about angels came to me, I went to uh, YouTube and I went to Google, and the uh, first thing it brought up was Billy Graham wrote a book, which I'd like to read if you have it, it's called Angels. But he was preaching about a 28-minute sermon on angels, God's secret agents. And he gave several testimonies. And then uh, I think it was the other day I went back and I went back to YouTube. And John Agee was preaching on angels, God's secret agents. And I thought, well, he just copied <laughs> Billy Graham's sermon, you know, so... Uh, I took a little bit of that, but uh, I got my own stuff, too, because I believe personally that I have been saved, not saved salvation-wise, but I have been saved by angels who took care of me. Uh, I don't know why God spared me. I don't need to know why God spared me, but God spared me so that I could do whatever he wants me to do. And um, I just want to share with you uh, some things. One, uh, what, I want to just say what angels are not. Angels are not those Renaissance little chubby little angels with wings. If you got that in your mind, you have a false uh, you have a false belief about what angels are. They are not like Clarence on It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody see It's a Wonderful Life? One of my favorite movies. Favorite movies. One of my favorite movies, but angels are not 
people that have died and are trying to get their wings. And every time you hear a bell, there's not an angel getting wings. Hate to burst your bubble. But angels are spirits that God has created. And I was thinking about this on the way to church. I thought, you know, God is is, uh, all-powerful. He's uh, he's all present, omnipresent, uh, almighty. Why does he need angels? He likes to partner. He doesn't like to do things by himself. As a matter of fact, I we're having this thing tonight about my story, and uh, we're having finger food. So I thought, well, Costco's is a good place to go get some finger food. But uh, Melody wasn't going to go with me, so I don't like to go by myself. So I called up Joel, and I said, is Aiden busy? I said, I want to know if he'd go to Costco's with me. And he's, sure. So, you know, we didn't say much on the way down. You know, guys don't need to talk that much. We just just communicate by telepathy or whatever. But anyway, uh, you know, I knew I had to pay the piper. So uh, I said, well, what do you, you know, what do you want from the snack bar? A pizza, okay. Two pieces, I said, one. But anyway. But I said all that because we like to partner. We like to do things. Now, sometimes we like to do things by ourselves. But a lot of times we want to partner, and that's the same way God is. God created angels because he wanted to partner. Do you know that we are called heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ? We are on the same level of heir of receiving the inheritance that Christ is. We are joint heirs with Christ. The Bible also says that we are co-laborers. With Christ. So, in other words, we labor with Christ to accomplish God's purpose in the earth. Why? It's not that God couldn't do it himself, but he wants to be in partnership with us. As a matter of fact, God has a family and he has a family business. And we're in the family, we're all in the family. If we have acknowledged Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we've invited him into our heart, and we are submitted to the voice of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's, let's just say some, uh, let's, let me just give you some things what angels are. Angels are worshipers. They're worshipers. Angels are warriors. Angels are waiters. I put waiters because it's a W. I was trying to get the W thing going. But what I mean by waiters is ministers. You know, the scripture says in Isaiah 40, those that wait upon the Lord. It's not just sitting down on your rumpus and waiting. It is waiting for him to do something. It is you waiting. Like you go into a restaurant, you have somebody come called a waiter and they serve you. And so those that wait or those that serve the Lord shall renew their strength. They are angels are waiters. They are not only serving God, but we see in the scripture that they serve the saints. Do we have any Catholics here today? 
you are a saint, and you don't have to go through 50 years of... What is a saint? A saint is somebody that God has sanctified and set apart. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. You are set apart for God's purpose. You don't have to wait to become a saint. As a matter of fact, you better be a saint before you get there. <laughs> Just a thought. Thank you, Jesus. Angels are also messengers. They are also, or I could say they're Western Union. That's a W, right? <laughs> they are God's Western Union. They are messengers. They are sent to bring messages to his people. Angels are also, uh, and I found this this morning, the thought came to me, angels are called watchers. I know the occult uses that particular word, but just because they use it doesn't mean we shouldn't because they are counterfeiting what God already has. But I was reading about this morning, a watcher is somebody that watches over, an, it's an angel that watches over a nation. You can look that uh, in uh Daniel chapter 4, which I'm going to use later at another time. But one thing I want to also put out here is that angel or Christ is superior to angels. He is superior. They're not equal to God. They're not equal to Christ because Christ is God and God created the angels. So he is superior to angels. As a matter of fact, we don't have time but we, uh, in another time I'll do it, but in Hebrews chapter 1, it talks about Christ being better than angels. Christ being better than angels. And at one point, at one particular time, Christ made himself, the Bible says, a little lower than angels. Why? Because if he hadn't, he could not have died on the cross, carried our sins, died, would be buried, and rise again from the dead. So he had to be made a little lower than angels so that he could provide salvation for us. Thank you, Jesus. So I just want to talk for a moment about angels being worshipers. I personally believe that we can encourage angelic activity in our lives. Now, there are some people, and I'm not going to argue with them, but some people say you can command angels. And I might have even said it myself. But the more I think about it, the more I think that we, that we get ourselves into a position to where we become, uh, to where we become, uh, where we become able to receive their help. Instead of me commanding them, I get into a place to where I can receive their help. I like to talk about, uh, we used to use this illustration years ago about the big umbrella. If you're under the umbrella, there's acid rain all around, but as long as you're under God's presence, as long as you're under God's protection, you are protected from the acid rain. But if you get out from under the protection, you get into the acid rain. 
So as long as we are in a place where we can receive God's blessing or we can receive angelic help, and I'm going to tell you how, how, we, how we can do it. Angels are worshipers. Angels are worshipers. The scripture says in Revelation, it was so neat. Uh, destiny, is she in or did she go back? She must have gone back. Oh, destiny, destiny. She quoted a scripture that I was going to explain today. She talked about being in the, and being, thinking of heaven and about the beast. Well, the beast is actually, not the beast, the 666 beast, but the beast that she's talking about are angels. Because angels are not all alike. How many of you guys would say your wife is an angel? Well, there's a lot of angels in here, but they're not all alike. They're not all alike. Some of them have six wings. The one she was talking about was full of eyes, eyes all over. I cannot even imagine. I don't even want to imagine a, a creature with eyes all over itself. You can't hide from that. <laughs> you know, some of them have six wings. Some of them have four wings. Some of them don't have any wings. And it's not because they're Clarence. <laughs> some of them, as a matter of fact, the scripture says, be careful to entertain strangers, for some have entertained angels unaware. Now, if they would have had wings they would have known it was an angel. But because the angel looked just like a person, they just thought it was a person, so therefore, angels, some angels can appear like men. Can appear like men. So, Revelation 5, verse 11, it says, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands. In other words, there is an innumerable company of angels. You can't count them. I believe there has to be billions of them because there's billions of people in the earth and I'm sure they outnumber people. I'm sure of that. But there's an innumerable company of angels. And the, the Bible says they are saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as in the sea and all of them and all that are in them Heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts or the four angels said, Amen. Amen. You know, as I was listening to John Hagee the other day, and I've heard them heard him do this numbers of times. Not that I listen to him all the time. 
But every time I've heard him preach, he would make a point and he would say, give him praise in the house of the Lord. And everybody in the place starts clapping and cheering and shouting. And my immediate thought was, that's kind of mechanical. But you know, mechanical worship is still worship. Mechanical praise is still praise. Let me just give you some scriptures here as I was looking over them this morning. My garage has been converted into my prayer closet. My garage doesn't see the car very much. But anyway... So we can be commanded to praise. And if we obey that command, we will receive the blessing of the command. I believe that that because angels are worshipers, they will join the worshipers. I think I can prove this in the Bible, but not right now. I think they avoid complainers. I think they avoid those who would speak contrary to the Word of God. Now, you don't have to say chapter and verse for everything, but you should be speaking in line with what God says. Thank you, Jesus. But in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, this is a New Testament scripture, by the way. Ephesians is New Testament. Say grace, New Testament. There's grace in the New Testament, but you can still be commanded in grace. The problem with Americans is we think we can't be told what to do. Well, God's not an American, by the way. He's not a president. He's not going to be voted out. He's going to have, he's going to be sitting on the, he was was there long before you got here, and he's going to be there long after you're gone. He is the eternal. I remember going to uh, Haiti, my first missions trip. And the phrase that they used was "Beniswa d'Eternel," which means "Praise the Eternal." Praise the Eternal. I remember one night. Night, you know, uh, when you go some places, there are there's just a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And I remember I wasn't feeling too great because of all this pressure, satanic pressure. And, you know, uh, the more we grow, the more we don't have to put up with that. So they don't have to put up with it. And so anyway, uh, we started in this praise thing. And all they had, they didn't have much because Haitians don't have a lot. 
and they're beating this tambourine, and somebody's probably beating a Coke bottle and two Coke bottles together. You know, it's all in, it's all working. And they've got this loudspeaker. You know, it's funny. When you go to a foreign country, they want there must not be any disturbing the peace laws because they get these uh, they get these speakers and point them out to the houses. They don't point them to the people in the church. They point them at the houses. And, and all this ruckus is going on and the Bini d'Eternel and Man, I didn't feel good, but all of a sudden, the glory of God fell. The glory of God fell, and all that pressure and all that, all that satanic stuff just immediately left me. And the glory of God filled the house. The glory of God filled the house, and it was gone. Did I ever get to Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That is a command to be filled with the Spirit. Say, well, you know, Pastor, I I am filled with the Spirit. I spoke in tongues. Why am I doing this? (laughs) I spoke in tongues, (laughs) you know, 45 years ago. Have you done it lately? No, but I did it. No, but I didn't know. He says, be filled with the Spirit. These are people that were filled with the Spirit. They got baptized, and they immediately were filled with the Spirit and started speaking speaking in tongues and prophesying. They were filled with the Spirit, and now he's telling them to continually be filled with the Spirit. This isn't a request. This isn't would you please. This is a command to be filled with the Spirit. And he goes on to say, he tells them how to do it, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks when I feel like it. No, giving thanks always, always. I, I am pro-choice. I, have a, I choose to worship God. I choose, I choose to, to, to praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I'm choosing to, I'm choosing to praise the Lord. Why? He told me to do it, and I'm going to obey him. Say, well, pastor, that's just not me. I'm a quiet person. Good. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. (laughs) Didn't, Didn't say, would you please make a joyful shout? Would you please murmur a little bit? No, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. There is a scripture, of course, it's an Old Testament scripture, even though the New Testament says that these Old Testament scriptures are for our example. 
He says in Deuteronomy 28, he says, because you did not serve the Lord with gladness, you will serve your enemies. I think the enemy of fear and the enemy of anger is there because we choose not to serve the Lord with gladness. Well, pastor, you just don't, uh, you just don't understand. I, I'm from this country. Well, you know what? So am I. Well, you know, you know how redheads are. Well, dye your hair another color. (laughs) You know, whatever. It doesn't matter what your family did, what your family was like, what tribe you came from. You're in a new tribe. You're in the tribe of the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. My brother-in-law said, how long do I have to suffer? He was talking about living with my sister, but. (laughs) Oh, yes, they're still together. Over 50 years. Could be close to 60. Praise the Lord. Somebody, somebody give us a bride. Praise the Lord in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. And let me just make a point here. This isn't talking about come before his presence on Sunday morning. This is 24-7. Hey, come before the Lord with a shout. Come before the Lord with thanksgiving. Come before the Lord when you're not in the group. That's where your strength is going to show up. That's where the angels are going to, they're going to come around the people that are obeying and giving the mechanical. Because, you know, sometimes when you give a shout to the Lord, you feel like shouting, but not to the Lord. You feel like shouting at somebody. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Have you ever had somebody... I don't, I'm not like this, but have you ever had somebody, you're going along in the car and you're going, you know, at least the speed limit and somebody whips out in front of you and then they're going 15 miles below the speed limit. Don't you know there is a maximum and a minimum on the road? I'm not talking, you know, I I have to tell this story. I'm not going to mention any names. But I was driving the speed limit on 209 in Pennsylvania. And I had somebody behind me. And I didn't realize it, but uh, they were getting pretty anxious. And when they whipped around me, they gave me the finger. Only one. <laughs> and it was happened to be a member of my church. <laughs> Not now. Not now. <laughs> well, they uh, finally realized who they were communicating with. 
you know, I didn't hold it against them. I gave them two fingers, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, they had to go to the bathroom. So, you know, that, that, that clears it up. It's okay. It's okay. You know, sometimes we want to shout. We want to shout, but we're shouting at the wrong one. Shout to the Lord. I think there's a song. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Shout to the Lord. You know, you can do that when you're not in church. He goes on to say, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Is that a request or a command? Be thankful unto Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. And His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Now say, uh, He's going to talk to the men. Ladies, don't do this. Don't nudge anybody. Don't break any ribs. Let me ask you, this, well, he kind of, Paul says it kind of nicely because he's talking to men. But he says, in 1 Timothy 2.8, he says, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Say men. Pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. So men, prayer meetings are not just for ladies. It's like, why is it quiet in here? Just fake it and say, amen, pastor. <laughs> fake it. Fake it to make it, somebody said. Amen, pastor. I would that men pray everywhere. I think if we have more men praying, we might not have as many shootings. We are given authority over our area of dominion. Behold, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, Pastor, that's just spiritual things. Well, spiritual things affect physical things. And if we take authority, I would that men pray everywhere. You can pray in your car. You can pray in the shower. Shower. You can sing in the shower. You can pray wherever. You don't have to. You don't even have to do it out loud. But you do have to pray. And he does give you some encouragement, encouragement to lift up your hands. Does lifting up our hands really do anything? I believe it does. You know, there, we, we call them now prophetic acts. 
but you lift up your hands as a prophetic act of worship, and God responds. God responds to your act. It's just like the king who went to Elisha. The king was getting attacked, and Elisha said, and he begs Elisha. Elisha's about ready to die. And he begs Elisha, and he says, King, I'm being attacked by the Assyrians. What? Help me. And he says, open the window. He opens the window, and he says, take your bow and draw your arrow. So he takes his bow, draws his arrow with the prophet's hands on the king. He says, now release the arrow. He releases the arrow, and it flies. He says, now take the rest of your arrows and beat them on the ground. So he does it about three or four times, and the prophet gets angry and said, if you would have struck the ground six or seven times, you would have completely destroyed your enemy, but now you're going to get three victories, and then they'll have the victories. You say, what are these prophetic? What does this lifting our hands do? I don't know, but in the spirit, it must, it must wreak havoc on hell. It must wreak havoc on hell. I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath. You know what? We got to get rid of our attitudes. We got to get rid of our, of our uh, anger at other people. We've got to get rid of those things, and we've got to lift up our hands without wrath and doubting. In that movie, I was talking about the breakthrough. I don't know if it was true in the real story, but in the movie, the father didn't have much faith that his son was going to make it. But the wife wouldn't have it. She said, don't you say anything negative around my son. I think we've got to get rid, of our, get rid of our wrath and doubting and begin to pray everywhere because we have authority over our region. And we are inviting angels. Angels, if they, if they gravitate towards the worship of the Lord, they're going to gravitate towards worshipers. As a matter of fact, in, um, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that was something else. Oh, I have about three or four sets of notes, so that's why I'm... <laughs> I made notes on my phone, and then I have notes in there, but anyway. But let me just say this. The Scripture says in John chapter 4, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Bible says that God seeks such to worship him. So if, he, if God himself is seeking for worshipers, I would imagine that the angels themselves are also looking for worshipers that they can connect to. And I believe that we draw, as we draw the attention of angels, we also draw upon their help. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
And John, uh, well, yeah, I just quoted that. Thank you, Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, familiar scripture for, I would imagine, most. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, uh, it says this, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. How would I know if I'm speaking in tongues of an angel? Well, he's speaking about praying in the Spirit. That's what he's talking about because he, further on in the chapter, he talks about speaking in an unknown language that we have control over. Say, we have control. We have control over whether we pray in these unknown tongues that are tongues of man or of angels. I'll just give you a little story. Uh, most of you have heard it, but some of you haven't. I was in a meeting one time, and it was uh, Dr. Bishop Hammond was, was his meeting, or he was preaching at the time, and he's into activations. You just can't hear a sermon and then not be activated. So in this activation, the person in this row had to turn around and face the person in this row. And so I turned around, and there's a little Filipino guy behind me. And so, you know, we're, uh, he says, okay, take hands and begin to pray in the Spirit. So I'm taking hands, I'm praying in the Spirit, and when I'm done, he says, do you know what you just said? No. He said, you are speaking in a Philippine dialect. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. I said, well, what was I saying? <laughs> he says, you are praising God. You are praising God. And that goes along with uh, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. But... It also says that we have the opportunity not only to speak in tongues of men, but also tongues of angels. If an angel would hear his language, what do you think he would do? He would gravitate to that person. If you've ever gone to a foreign country where you don't understand what people are saying, and you all of a sudden hear English, you gravitate towards that. Why? Because I've got somebody I can talk to. I've got somebody I can communicate with. So as I'm speaking in tongues of angels, those angels are gravitating towards us. How about that? I don't know if this works, but you can kiss an angel good morning. No. <laughs> Kissing, it's a country song. So uh, Tracy doesn't want me to sing it. It's kind of a nasal song. Kiss an angel, good morning, and let him know you think about her when you're gone. Don't sing the rest of it, though. Because <laughs> the rest of it's not biblical. Anyway. 
So angels are worshipers. Thank you, Jesus. We also see, um, thank you, Lord. So worship, worship, well, anyway. All through the book of Revelation, you see where, where worship is around the throne. Worship is around the throne. This is the last story, and I'm, and I'm quitting. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. But I'm going to just really cut this down. I was uh, romancing the stone. I was, uh, <laughs> I was uh, romancing my soon-to-be wife. We were in Florida. Beautiful day. Drove my car on the beach. I'm, a, I'm from Missouri. I know nothing about the beach. But anyway, to make a long story short, uh, the tide starts to come in. And my car kept getting stuck. As a matter of fact, the ocean, when the, when the wave would come in, the bubbles were coming out of my exhaust. You know, on my 72 baby blue VW beetle, bug, something like that. And so I, these guys are helping me, and we tried, you know, a number of times. And finally they said, well, try it one more time. Because, I mean, the water was, was coming up, you know. And I just started, I just, threw the, and I'm a, I am a newly rededicated. <laughs> I, I had a rededicator back then. I rededicated my life to the Lord. I was finishing my Navy career. I was giving up being a sailor, the bars, and all that. I was giving that all up. I mean, you did that. I did a lot of things I haven't told you about. But anyway, giving all that up, and I'd gone to a meeting, and I'd prayed, uh, I was prayed for to receive the Spirit. And they said, well, let's just try it one more time. And I said, Lord, I just praise you. I just, pr- I just started praising God. I didn't have these scriptures to know that. And, we, and I said to Melody, if we get this thing moving, you just keep your foot on the gas and get this thing off, <laughs> off the thing. So we got it going. She got it off the beach. And she left me. She could have drove the car. <laughs> I never, I haven't told this part before. Dro- she could have drove because the, there was this big wall of rocks, huge rocks, and the road, Macadam Road was on the other side. And so I had to climb uh, over those rocks to get onto the hot Macadam Road in my bare feet, and she's waiting for me. Man, it's amazing how you can go from the spirit to the flesh. It is just so amazing. What did I do wrong? You made me. Praise the Lord. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about hallelujah. You know, hallelujah 
you, you need to rehearse that word. Just keep saying it over and over again so that when you get in those times of tribulation, that word hallelujah comes out instead of them other words. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for the testimonies, Lord, that we're given today. We thank you for that you showed up in these li- in the in the lives of these men, Father God, and you demonstrated, Lord God, that that you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that the house today. Lord God, is filled with worshipers. But we're not just going to worship in the house. Lord, we're going to worship in the community. We're going to worship in private. We're going to worship under our breath. We're going to worship, Lord God, and whatever the Spirit tells us to do, we're going to do. Now, you might be here today, and you might, uh, you might have heard all this and said, you know, it'd be nice to have angels help me. Well, they want to help you. So all you have to do is, first of all, be part of the family. How do I be a part of the family? I ask Jesus. I open the door and I ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. And then I listen to his voice because he'll begin to talk to you. And then you just do what he tells you to do. Because we're not just saying a prayer We're also becoming disciples. A disciple is a learner. And Jesus said that the disciple becomes like their master. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Is there anybody here? I'm not going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today and you'd like to know and you would like to know more about receiving Christ into your life, then uh, raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I told you about the rededicator, too. How, do I, how come I need a rededicator? Because I, I made a commitment, a commitment before, but I let it slip. And now I'm ready to rededicate and come back. Is there anybody here that would like to Just acknowledge to the Lord, Lord, I'm ready to rededicate my life to you. Anybody here? Thank you, Lord. All right, say we're all good. All right, so I'm going to ask the the, uh, healing team to come up.